a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In that, in that uh, rejoiner, they call it, I heard my name. I'll tell you what, this is still a surreal experience for me to be broadcasting on these precious airwaves here at KSL News Radio. And in particular today, doing so from the Utah State Capitol. It was less than 10 years ago that I was uh, an intern here. If you remember Representative Carl Wimmer, he served for a time. He was a SWAT team officer, and in his spare time, he came up here and represented a portion of Utah uh, in the legislature legislature and I was his intern and uh, again that was less than 10 years ago and now uh, I have the great privilege of uh, broadcasting here on this powerful radio station of KSL News Radio. My guest during this segment is Carol Spackman Moss. Uh, she's the minority whip, represents District 37 here in the great state of Utah, has a lot of things on her plate this session. Uh, in particular, you've heard her speak a number of times in the, the lead up to today's kickoff of the legislative session as she has been calling attention to uh, the issue of distracted driving. Uh, tell us, what's the, the late? Well, first off, thank you so much for being here. I, I know this is an important and busy day uh, and for you to take a few moments to join us here on, on the station is, is is very generous of you. So thank you for that. Thank you. Tell us about uh, your legislation. Where does it stand now? Uh, well, I'm just waiting for a uh, word that I, when I'll get a committee hearing and be within the next week or so. And it's all ready to go. And I've got a, a, a new co-sponsor in the House, Representative Dan Johnson from Logan. And um, he, he, too, believes, as I do, the time has come. Um, Utahns, just like citizens in many states, drivers in many states, just have to change a habit that is of holding their phone while they're talking. It doesn't forbid them from talking, but they have to use a hands-free device. So it could be anything from a speaker to a Bluetooth. If you have a newer car that it's built into the system or just put your phone on speaker. Um, ideally, people would avoid talking as much as possible when they're driving because it, the talking itself is a distraction. But you're, you're not ready to legislate absolute no. silence in a vehicle yet, right? No. I, <laughs> Excuse me, kids. Could you keep it down? It's the law. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a little baby. She's about yeah. uh, two and a half months old. Know. And if we could legislate a little bit of silence out of her on the road these days, that'd be nice. There's no stopping her from distracting. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, so what does it take to gain support? So talk to us just in terms of your experience as a legislator. It's certainly specific to this legislation, but but in general what did it take to get representative johnson to come on board say well he attended the same national conference i did this summer in nashville and he heard, heard a whole session on this from from legislators in other states um highway patrol head in uh tennessee's and republicans and democratic legislators from other states saying that they'd passed the same bill in their state and it has decreased uh accidents um by uh, sometimes up to 20 percent or more but uh it, 
it hasn't been hard to get the public on board. They are on board. Yeah. It's the legislators because everyone has a story to tell me. People call me. They send me uh, stories about the accident or near accident they had. And it's something that is making people really crazy and frightened to be on the freeway and look over and see someone not looking ahead and uh, texting or holding their phone, which does it does. Uh, inhibit your peripheral vision. It really does. We're speaking to Representative Carol Spackman-Moss. Has a piece of legislation that would require us uh, to to have our phone down, uh, maybe in the console or on the seat next to us as we drive, uh, just not in our hands. Let me ask you this. Let's say I'm some uh, uber-conservative type, and I say to you, I don't need some nanny state government intrusion stepping itself into my castle, which is my vehicle's an extension of my castle. I am the king of my castle. Uh, stay out of my business. What do you say to that, to, to that attitude? I'll say what one of my neighbors said to me about two weeks ago, who is one of those All right. really conservative, and he said, Carol, I'm with you on this bill because I didn't like the seatbelt bill, but I thought if you're crazy enough not to put on a seatbelt, you're the one that's going to suffer in an accident. But this is different. This affects other people. And I think that's the bottom line. It's your car, but your car is the one that's going to be the deadly force if you lose control or you don't see when you're changing lanes and you make some terrible mistake and you injure or kill someone else. So that's what it's about. It's really about your personal responsibility as someone on the highway, on the freeways, in your neighborhoods, driving a vehicle that can do... um, a great deal of damage to people. Uh, I'll admit to you that there was a day uh, not too long ago that I was one of those who says, hey, uh, excuse me, government, could you uh, take a step back? I need a little bit of less you in my car. But then uh, the point you brought up just now was presented to me by, by someone making exactly the same point. And it is that as soon as the choices that I make infringe on the safety of someone else, in this case on the road, uh, but generally in any setting, uh, then I've overstepped and there ought to be uh, some protections afforded those who I am endangering by my actions. And, and so uh, for that, or based on that rationale, I can get behind this 100%. I'm grateful to you for pushing Thank it forward. You. Let me ask you this. What, uh, what else are you up to this session? Well, I have a b- bill that really is a, a really important bill and came to me two years ago. Um, the idea when a terrible tragedy occurred in my neighborhood where a man that I'd known for many, many years Um, His parents lived four doors away from me, and he'd suffered from mental illness most of his adult life. And I taught with his dad. I know the family well. And he had been uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and something called Capgras syndrome, imposter syndrome. And he stopped taking his medications off and on. And on a, a, a November day two years ago, he killed both of his parents because he was hearing delusions, Mm. voices who he thought Satan had invaded his parents' body. And I found out after that, when all the neighbors and friends said, oh, he'll never go to prison, he's so sick, he very well could have gone to prison because Utah does not have an insanity defense in the sense that you cannot plead not guilty by reason of insanity. You can plead guilty but mentally ill but if you don't understand the wrongfulness of your act or even that you killed a person in this case it took months for him before he was stabilized enough on medication to understand he really had killed his parents and so i talked to a lot of 
uh, defense attorneys and public defenders in this case and found out that as a result of this, we have many, many people in prison and in jails who are severely mentally ill. We have just a few moments left here in this segment. Let me ask you this. Uh, there are those who would respond to that by saying, and in fact, I'll, why I phrase it that way, here's what I'm saying. To me, it sounds like there is a, a clear and present threat uh, at times posed by, by certain individuals, regardless of their mental state. How, how do you address uh, protecting the, the, the public at large when, when someone uh, commits a crime or rather demonstrates the, the capability of committing a crime? Uh, how do we protect the public regardless of, uh, of what the motivations were or their ability to understand right and wrong? Right. That's a really good question. And this particular man in question, last Monday I went to his court hearing and the judge sentenced him for aggravated murder by the highest clear and convincing evidence to the state hospital for the rest of his life. He's very sick and he should never be in a setting where he's completely free always. But Utah does not have good community-based mental health treatment. And why should a person who's sick, just if you get cancer, you have compassion from people. But if you have a chronic brain disease, like many do, and it'd be a very small number of people that fit into this category. It wouldn't be people on sure. drugs or, you know, temporary, but, but severely ill who probably very unlikely would ever be well enough. They should be in a treatment facility. Prisons are for punishment. Prisons are for safety. They're not intended to be treatment and therapy places. And so we're not doing well at all by people that are severely mentally ill. And I don't mean all people that have schizophrenia. Some sure. cope and live and take their medication. But in, in a small number of people, they are so ill that... But they shouldn't be in prison. Representative Carol Spackman-Moss, I'm grateful to you for joining us here on this program today as we broadcast live on KSL News Radio from the Utah State Capitol on day one of the legislative session of this year, 2022. Fascinating piece of legislation. I intend to stay in contact with you. We'll see how Very these uh, make their way through uh, the regular order here, as they say, on Utah's Capitol Hill. Uh, that's it for this segment. Next up, we're going to speak with Representative Brian King. He's got some legislation that it's absolutely fascinating. He and I are going to go back and forth about universal background checks next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.